What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a bonus episode of the Why Jesus podcast coming to you live from our dining room table, aka the most noisy place in the whole entire house. So please excuse if you hear some background noises. Uh, we've told the neighbor's dogs to be quiet, but they sometimes don't speak English, right? Um, but anyway, I'm excited for uh, for this conversation today because I'm going to be interviewing my beautiful, well, if I was a pastor, it would be my smoking hot wife, Giovanna Clash. And we're going to be discussing her story of how she went from being a cultural Catholic when she was a kid to then becoming agnostic slash almost atheist. And then from that going to new age spirituality and then all of the craziness that goes on in new age spirituality and from there to becoming a believer in Christ. So Gio, how are you doing today? Amazing. Amazing. Very excited to be here. Good. I'm excited for you to be here as well. Well, I'm excited for you to be here every day because I'm married to you. Um, <laughs> so when we first met, right, we, we met in uh, network marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So we met in business. And in our company, we were always traveling, right? So the first time I actually got to hang out with you, hang out with you was in the Dominican Republic. Ooh. And a, a whole bunch of us from our sales team were there. I remember they had a Walmart on the beach. It was hilarious. Um, but there was this one time or this moment that happened where we were all eating at like the super late night spot, you know, if you've ever been to an all-inclusive, they have that one place that has like chicken nuggets and French fries 24 hours a day. So we were there and I was eating soggy French fries. Uh, you like them like that? Yeah, I don't. And um, Gio asked me a question about God and I don't remember what my answer was. All I remember was after I gave her the answer, she packed up those soggy fries and and left. I was like, oh, okay, this chick's crazy. Um, so tell us about your upbringing and what brought you to the point where talking about God, uh, it kind of brought some, yeah, hostility. Yeah. So I grew up as a Catholic, but what's interesting is that I actually don't remember what I asked you that, that night. Oh, I yeah. don't remember at all. I don't remember either. Um, but I grew up as a Catholic, a cultural Catholic, where my mom would go to church. She would pretty much forced my sister and I to go to church with her. Uh, my dad at the time wasn't going to church. He goes now. He's a Catholic. He goes now, um, I believe, every Sunday with his wife. Um, but at that time, right, I wasn't going. My mom was going more often, but we would mainly go on like Easter Sunday, on Mother's Day, and those were the days that we would go Christmas. Um, but as time went, as I grew up, I maybe around like 13, 14, I stopped going permanently. Um I just really felt um, uninterested. I, I started as an adolescent to get into things that I think a lot of adolescents get into when they are not saved and their family or their parents aren't practicing, um, aren't practicing in any sort, aren't, aren't following by biblical, by the Bible, you know, aren't, aren't teaching them Christian, the Christian walk. And so at that time, I really just stopped going to church and, and decided to stop going as a teenager. And it was around maybe like 17, 18 that I really started to think about God in not a good way, not a good light. Started to think about uh, him not being real, about this not being true. Uh, and mainly that had a lot to do be with 
that that had a lot to do with my circle. I had a lot to do with the people that I was constantly hanging around. Um, and it only increased when I got into college. Um, and so at that time in my life, maybe, you know, from 17 to about the time that I met you, I was what, like 24, 25, I was very hesitant to believing anything that had to do with Jesus, God, church, uh, just because I had been told for so long for all of those years that it wasn't true, um, that it was that God and, and or Jesus was uh, a fake a teacher and wasn't actually our God and you know you shouldn't put your faith in him and uh, he was just wanted to control us and religion uh, just wanted us to um, indoctrinate us and and keep us oppressed and all these things that we hear nowadays all the, all the talking all the memes essentially yeah. and so you know I was just really hesitant and I hung out around a lot of people that were more so agnostic and like I wasn't. I wouldn't say that I was full blown an atheist. I felt like deep down in my heart, I had a fear of saying that. I had a fear of saying that I didn't believe in God. You know, there are moments in my life that were difficult, and when nobody knew behind closed doors, I was praying. And so there was this, like, you know, this like part of me that was like, wait, th there may be a God out there, and me denying Him scared me. Mm. And so being agnostic was kind of like a like a cultural like society thing or something that I just did to sort of kind of please my friends uh, and to maintain the the image, maintain this, oh no, you know, she's with us. Yeah. And just kind of be with, down with the cool kids, even though still deep down in my heart, I, I may have had this fear of God, but I still didn't really believe that much. I was very confused about what I believed in. And so when you and I first spoke, um, I forget what I asked you, but I knew that it wasn't what I wanted to hear. And so I was just very uh, passive aggressive at that time in my life too, where I was just like, whatever. A little bit. <laughs> but, um, so it's interesting that you say that, that you would um, just on the surface and, and socially kind of do the whole, oh yeah, I don't really believe that stuff thing. But then internally, it's kind of like it's coming out of your mouth, but in the back of your mind, you're like, dang, but what if God is real? And now I'm over here. Yeah. kind of denying him and denying his existence. And I don't think that that's, uh, that's that abnormal. I think that there's a lot of people who um, form to the society, especially nowadays, because there's so much social pressure to you know follow a certain narrative that if you veer from that narrative, you're kind of ostracized. It's kind of like the narrative is the cult. And if you're not part of the cult, you're out. Nobody, nobody talks to you. Um, so you not only were in this mindset of, you know, all right, socially acceptable. I just need to be accepted by my peers. Uh, but, you know, in the closet, essentially with your faith a little bit now, but you also were active in activism as well. You know, you, for those of you who don't know, well, if you're watching this, I'm pretty sure, you know, we are very pro-life and Geo is very pro-life, very outspoken about it. So, but you used to go to the marches, uh, you know, my body, my, my choice. choice. Yeah. So tell us about that time period, um, because that's a very secular world right there. They may be spiritual, but they're mo it's mostly a very secular, no God allowed, get your religion away from me, get, get God out of my uterus type thing. So tell us about that time period of your life. Yeah. And it, I just want to go back to something you said about um, how I was kind of just conforming to society and to like my friends and like my reputation was big at that time. 
um, it's interesting because I had this conversation with a friend the other day and we we're talking about how nowadays, not just nowadays, but like our age group, maybe not yours, but more so mine. What are you trying to say? <laughs> maybe like the younger age group. What are you trying to say? Do you guys hear this? <laughs> Young, like my age group, younger than, than me as well. Um, reputation is big. Social reputation is huge. And not even like social, like we're socializing, but like online. Who you are online really matters to these people more than who you are in person. And growing up in that, in with in that generation, like with that mindset, being cool is just so important. And like being being down with like what's morally the better like the better position to have um you know and like being on the opposite side it's like you're shunned you know you're um you're not invited places you know you're treated poorly especially online because people don't a lot of this stuff this beef that happens with like you know being on a different side of of uh, a political issue or a moral issue doesn't really happen in person it happens online facts and so like being treated poorly online was like worse than being treated poorly in person and so, you know, I think that that's why I stuck to, you know, this this position for so long and why a lot of people, a lot of young people stick to these positions for so long. Yeah. Um, I mean, just uh, not to cut you off, but just to piggyback, I'll show my age a little bit. Right. Um, I never said that you were old. You're just no, from a different generation. Let us know in the comments if that was a <laughs> shot at how old I am. Um, but we did have we had the MySpace generation. Right. But. I cared about my reputation like in the streets, you know, street yeah. ability or whatever. But that was something that could only happen word of mouth. Yeah. You, you couldn't do it online. If, you're, mm -hmm. if your street reputation was online and the stuff that like people were saying you were doing, if that was online, you're in jail. So it, it was a, yeah, it's a, different, um, it's a different thing. But I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is just being accepted. People caring about what other people think of them. And we do that in different ways. You know, for, for you, it was, I just want to be accepted. You know, the, the moral high ground that people fight for political issues. For me, it was, I wanted to be accepted, uh, for my music and in the streets and, mm -hmm. and stuff. We all have, some people want to be accepted by their family. Some people want to be accepted by their friends. We all have this acceptance, um, and not to get into the God topic too quickly, but the only place you need to be accepted is is with God and he accepts you accepts you as you are when you come to him in repentance and you come to him through a saving faith in Christ so anyway we'll get into the the God stuff later but I just want to, to to piggyback off what you were saying identity yeah you know so many people have their identity and and I used to have my identity in these places where they were just friends, social circles, you know, school, family, you know, and so I totally get it. So going back to your question, I don't remember what it was. Uh, um, it was, so you being a part of that social activism and, mm -hmm. and everything, and then, um, you know, you're pro-life now, you were pro-choice then, and that was a very secular world. So I'm just curious how that time looked for you, because that was also very soon, uh, very near to you getting into business as yeah. well and business kind of changed things for you. Yeah. Yeah. Biz business changed a lot for me. So yeah, I spent a long time, not, I wouldn't say I was full blown like pro abortion, like what we see 
nowadays. I was pro-choice though at that time. Um, and John and I, you and I talk about this all the time. It wasn't even because I was passionate about it, to, to be honest with you, because I wasn't. You know, if I'm just being very honest, I wasn't passionate about and I don't even know why. Like, I must have been crazy, you know, but I think more so it had to, it goes back to being accepted, to doing things that your friends are doing, to doing things that your social circle is doing. The majority of, I grew up in Boston. Like, we know how the, I'm not going to speak for everybody in Massachusetts, but we know how, how much they push that, that direction, you know? And so going back to what you and I always talk about, I really didn't know what abortion was, you know? And it wasn't up until I understood what abortion was that I became pro-life. That's what changes in people. And that I love when I, I watch live actions, Instagram, and, and I'm, and I'm on their uh, social media channels. And I love how they just educate, educate. It's all about education because that's what changes things in people. I mean, we know that the Lord changes your heart. I, I know that and you know that and many other people know that the Lord changed my heart. Um, but we know how powerful education is. And when you actually understand what abortion is, is when things really change in your mind. Yeah, there's a lot of people who won't even it, won't even look at it. If yeah. you say, do you know what a second trimester abortion looks like? Do you know what a third trimester abortion looks like? Do you know what a fetus at, uh, you know, six weeks in the womb looks like? Do, do you know? Do you know what a clump of cells looks like? Yeah. like Looks like you. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it looks like you. <laughs> So it's like they they don't even want to look like have yeah. you ever looked have you ever listened to an abortion doctor describe yeah. a second and third trimester abortion even you know uh, yeah. Abby Johnson how she described when she saw the baby in the womb like kicking on yeah. the on the sonogram right? right or the ultrasound to get away from the suction tube mm -hmm. that changed everything for her if you don't know what it looks like mm -hmm. it's it's easy to yeah. dismiss it but it's like once you're faced with it once you see this and you're like mm -hmm. wow that's that's a baby yeah it, it it's very difficult to deny and to maintain your position because then internally unless you're like some really sick evil person internally you know that you're that you're wrong yeah so i wouldn't really go to many events activism of activism events activism events, <laughs> uh, but I did go to a few and I would donate to Planned Parenthood as well. <sighs> Talk about not putting your money in the right places. Um, but Dave Ramsey would be so mad. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it all went back to me not knowing. I just didn't know, didn't know what it was. And I, you know, I'm not afraid to say that I was ignorant. I'm just not afraid to say that. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging that you may be ignorant in in certain things, certain subjects that you may not be aware of, you may not know of, and that's okay. You may be lacking information or education in that, in that area, and that's okay. And I was. I was very ignorant to what the pro-choice, the pro-choice side um, was pushing. And so that's why. That's why I participated in, in those activities and everything changed when I learned about what abortion was. Um, and I was very receptive to learning about what it was. Um, you know, my heart was definitely not closed off to learning more and hearing the truth. That's all I wanted in my life, you know, and, and, and part had a lot to do with the confusion that I had 
that it was about God or whether it was about um, how sacred a child is in the womb, in the womb, outside the womb, you know, how valuable life was. I just wanted to know the truth. And my confusion really lied where I was, I was confused. I didn't, I really didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know things. And so um, I think that that's where the confusion really stemmed from, not knowing the truth. Yeah. Um, do you think that the people you were around were confused as well? Yeah. They were just doing the whole socially acceptable thing? I mean, either that or maybe they just didn't want it. Maybe they did hear other information information that I didn't hear, you know, but the people that I were around preached the same message. And I would like to believe that they were ignorant. I would like to believe that truly uh, that they didn't know because it would be sad to think that they knew and maybe were scared to speak up or, you know, maybe just had a really hard heart and didn't want to, didn't want to accept the truth. Yeah. There's a, there's a difference between being ignorant and being stupid. This is what I've been told. Ignorance is when you just don't know any better. Stupidity is when you know better, but you still do it anyway. You still believe anyway. And it's okay to be ignorant. It's not okay to be stupid. You know, if you, and to not spend too much more time on, on this topic, but if you really, really know what abortion is, like there are yeah. people out there who are like, yeah, I, I know it's killing a baby, but mm -hmm. I think it's the woman's choice to be able to do it. It's like, man, <laughs> it's it scares me that somebody's so comfortable with saying something like that. Yeah. But anyway, let, let's move on. Um, so you, you were in this agnostic stage in your life, participating in, in you know, so, some activism, completely not knowing the truth, being confused about things. Mm -hmm. But I would assume you were still walking as if you knew everything, right? Because it's difficult not to when you're, when you're in those circles. You don't know anything, but you're just... Yeah. How you know is by not engaging in conversation with people who do know. Yeah. You ignore you know, that's why I got up from the table. Why would I want to get in a conversation with you when I knew that you were going to body slam me <laughs> with the truth? With the with the soggy French fry. Yeah, it's like, you know, that that's what we see, though. We see that happening all the time. People don't want to debate. People don't want to talk. They don't want to talk because they know what's coming. And they know that they don't know enough yeah. to speak on the subject. And so, you know, obviously you hear things here. It, it was actually the... One of the, so confusion, which is what I was trying to say earlier, but I was like fumbling my words. You're confused about was, saying confusion. Yeah, I was confused. That's why I didn't get to the truth because I was, I, I was just so confused about everything and just didn't know. And nobody had really explained the truth to me. Um, my social reputation, you know, wanting to be uh, in with the cool kids. And lastly, well, there's, there are many other factors, but it goes back to, your question and it goes back to about you know not engaging in conversation you kind of just hear that he said she said it's constantly like you you have your opinions or you formed your opinion your educated educated opinion because of what other people say and so you know i was just living off of what other people said you know yeah this, my professor said so oh you know i saw this this person on uh social media she sounded really smart and so you know she must be right and so you know, it really was, I, I never took the time personally, and it's really sad, but it's the truth. I never took the time personally to research for myself, to think for myself, to learn for myself. 
I didn't. It was just whatever they said, they must be right. You know, these are the people, maybe they were in political positions. They were, the, they were in, you know, they were professors, like I said, so they were in some type of authoritative position. Um, I just kind of took it for, for what it was, for what they said. And I ran with it. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's bring it now to how you moved into new age spirituality. You know, you go from agnosticism, uh, social activism in a sense, uh, social acceptance to now being not agnostic, but uh, being intrigued by the new age and starting starting to practice new age practices. Yeah, that's very, it's actually a very funny story because at the beginning and one of my very good friends, Ashley and I can totally think back to this and just laugh because at the beginning of being introduced to like the new age and, you know, all of this woo stuff, it was very strange to us. Like it was very strange to me. It was like, it was peculiar and it was funny. It was like, dude, these people are crazy. You know, like you kind of just, you're like, whoa, like at first you're, you know, going from like really not believing in any of this like supernatural stuff to like all the, this whole other extreme of like the universe, like listening to you and like you being like this little dot in the, in the ocean surrounded by you know, so much and, you know, these spirit guides and angels. And it was just like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, at, at first we were, that's what it was like. It was like, we would listen to the stuff and be like, dude, these people are nuts. <laughs> like these people are crazy. Like this is to just really like brushing it off to then it becoming so being spoken about so much that it just kind of like starts to become a part of your daily life and just kind of like a habit. You know, how long does it form? How long does it take to form a habit? 21 days or something. So, I saw something somebody else posted takes 60 days. I don't know. Everybody has it confused. I guess yeah, we'd have yeah. to look it up. You got to do it enough times. Yeah. But it it only it's only a matter of time until I guess like you get brainwashed, you know, until like they just people start washing your brain with this information and it is feeding it to you constantly and constantly and you just kind of get used to it and then you start to hey maybe maybe this is true maybe i know because of certain things that I, I didn't realize i was doing at that time maybe that's why these things are actually happening um and so i guess you also start to hear stories of other people you start to hear testimonies and you know you just start to adopt it and it went from being like this really crazy like this is weird to okay this may be true like this this may be the answer to all the confusion this may be the answer to uh my loneliness this may be the answer to my unhappiness this may be the answer to my money problems maybe the answer to everything like why am i not open to it why am i not receptive to it my friends are doing it the people that are successful are doing it so why am i not doing it like why am i still so skeptical just do it just try it it's not gonna hurt isn't it interesting how the things that kind of brought you into it oh why don't i have this why don't i have that why don't i and all these people who are doing it have this stuff yeah it's like that was the allure yeah you know like all oh, these successful people are doing it so mm -hmm. i should do it too it's like yeah. we know nothing about their personal lives we know nothing about their relationships with their family with their kids with yeah. nothing we just see oh they got a maserati yeah must be working not even just like material stuff though even like 
egotistical characteristics of you being more powerful, more almighty than me and me wanting to low-key, high-key attain those things. Like, oh, you're more enlightened than me? Hold up. You know, and like really wanting to like level up spiritually, like you wanting to um, be this, just being like this person that maybe people could go to. Oh, you're a healer. Oh, you can do these things. Um, you can really guide people through their problems and people can go to you. They can look to you for leadership and things like, you know, just kind of like this God type of like you wanted people to come to you like as if you were God. Like you have the answers to their problems. You can solve things, and it it is something that pro- like it, it propels people to want to be involved in the new age and to want to be involved in some of the woo stuff because, in a sense, it is kind of like there's so many factors to it. But in a sense, if you're one of those individuals who feeds off of people coming to you or you holding the power, then you'll keep going. You'll keep going with the, with this stuff and trying to figure out how you can become more enlightened because you you want to be powerful. Yeah. And it it also, I think, from a psychological standpoint, it feeds the ego, which is something that, you know, they tell you to get rid of, but yet mm-hmm. they, they do all these things that feed their ego. But mm-hmm. it I think it goes back to what we were discussing earlier, which is acceptance and um, identity. You know, you have a hole inside of you mm-hmm. and now you can fill it with other people needing you. Yeah. Right. And if exactly. you, yeah, if you're this spiritual guru, right? Yes, it can be financially beneficial too, which you know I discuss in the book. But um, it's also just I'm important. Mm-hmm. People need me. Exactly. I have the answers to the universe, and mm-hmm. it feels good to help other people. It yep. definitely does. But it's it's reciprocal. You know, you help them, and now it's they're talking well about you. It goes back to the reputation, mm-hmm. right? It, it's. It's now I have this reputation of being the healer, being uh, at a high conscious level, being somebody who important. Yeah, just somebody that matters, and it definitely is a reflection of what we want or what we're missing of like not feeling important, not feeling wanted, rejection maybe. And different people want different things. Um, their ego wants different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so take us through through that journey a little bit. What are some things that um, that you got involved in that now you look back, you're like, what the heck was I thinking? That yeah. that people maybe they it's spiritual heroin. You know, they painted this as like if you do these things, you'll be more enlightened. You'll be better off. You'll be um, you'll be like me essentially, right? Yeah. That that's really crazy. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, do these things and you can be like me. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I can't begin to even explain how much money I spent on crystals, books. I don't. It hurts. It hurts. It really does. It hurts like... me too. <laughs> I'm married to you. I can't even begin to explain. I don't know how much. A lot of money, though. A lot of money. And I mean, there was so much. There was so much that you needed to do. Works is, it's just works, 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 works. What else can you do to reach enlightenment? What else can you do to be uh, better? What else can you do to, and, and better in a sense of like, 
not better as a person, you know, not better. Like, I guess that's what it may seem like how to be more peaceful, how to be more, um, you know, uh, how to be more, you know, elevated, how to be more conscious. But like, it really wasn't even about how to be a better like person, how to morally like how to just do be genuine. It wasn't about that. It, at least not for me, at least from what I understood, you know, maybe there are some people that genuinely want to attain that. But their reasons for it are still selfish. Their reasons for it are still not altruistic. You know, it's not about helping other people. It's still about me, 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 me. You know, if I am more peaceful, if I am uh, more enlightened, if I am, you know, more of all these things, then again, I'll be more important. I'll be all the things that we talked about. Um, but yeah, so you, I spent a lot of money on on crystals. Um, there were things like... What did they tell you the crystals were going to do? So the crystals, you have to charge them and you can pray to the crystals and the crystals communicate with the universe or with spirits or, you know, it was like a communication type of tool. Um, yeah. And so what were you specifically trying to communicate with, with the crystals? Money. Money? Money. Because you spent so money, much money, the, money, money. Because you spent so much on the crystals. Yeah, like, like, listen, crystal, I like, need this back. Yeah, I need the money back. Okay, I really need the money that I just spent on you. Um, but but yeah, I I I honestly do not remember really praying. You know, because I wasn't praying like whatever, speaking out loud and like affirming whatever anything that didn't have to do with money. I mean, I've always been a person who loved to help people. I love helping people. And yes, I would ask the universe to help me, you know, do more for people. And But it wasn't, it was always, it went back to money. Just always about money and things and just so materialistic, always. I just can't remember a time that it wasn't about me and money. And so, you know, buying crystals was a part of, a part of it, you know, things that we would have to that we would quote unquote have to do, but just kind of like guided, hey, these are recommendations if you want to reach this level of enlightenment. Um, affirmations were huge. If you weren't doing your affirmations in the bathroom when you woke up um, multiple times a day, if you didn't set alarms to for affirmations, then you was bugging. Like you had to set affirmations. Um, what else? The food you ate. Mm. You can't. Yeah, tell tell us about that. Tell us about that. Because that's some interesting stuff to me. I couldn't drink Coca-Cola. Not even Dominican Coca-Cola? No, no soda. No low-frequency foods. No cupcakes. So tell No us, hostess. Hold on. Tell us what low-frequency foods means. Soda. No, but what does it mean? Foods that lower your frequency. You, you don't become more enlightened. You don't, your frequency, like your vibration lowered. Now you're not a person that people want to be attracted to. So you're not now a magnet. You're not a money magnet. Now your team isn't going to grow. Now you're not going to get the money that you want to get. You're not going to become this person. You're, you're, if you do have a sales organization, those people will quit in your sales organization. Like all these weird things that, if you were to have these low frequency foods, you would not reach the level of enlightenment that you should have reached because you ate or drank low frequency foods. 
So what were some low-frequency foods? What were some high-frequency foods? So I guess that would depend on high-frequency foods, I think would depend on who you are and what you're trying to do. Really? So there's like a spectrum? I would say so. Like there are some people in the movement that, you know, maybe, okay, we'll say for the most part, let's just say generally speaking. And I just want to make sure that I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking for myself and for what I witnessed. And, you know, there may be other people in the New Age movement that may maybe not have these extremes, maybe may believe and just maybe not even know what the extremes are, but I'm not speaking for everybody. Okay. Um, so high frequency foods for the most part were vegan. So no meats, depending on who you are. Again, no meats, um, quinoa, you know, things that didn't have much sugar things that didn't have much salt, things that weren't greasy, uh, which are healthy for yeah, you. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's, it's <laughs> sounds high frequency to me. Yeah, <laughs> which are healthy, but, you know, maybe even, like, there was this, like, new age shop that we would go to. It was very woo-woo. It was, like, Buddha-ish and um, yogi, like, Indian-type food. We would go to those places, and those were considered high-frequency foods. Vegan foods, for the most part. Um so, I, I mean, yeah, I would say that's what the high-frequency foods were, vegan stuff. The low-frequency foods were things that were high in sugar, high in grease, um, you know, things like soda, Coca-Cola, pizza, um, maybe even meat sometimes. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do this. Definitely no cupcakes. You know, but for the most part, it was, yeah, it, you had to pay attention to your diet. That was pretty much it. Like you, instead of them saying, you know, like, listen, that's not healthy for you. Don't eat that stuff. But if you want to once in a while, sure, you can indulge in, in a Coca-Cola. You're not going to die. You know, you'll be fine. Just don't drink it every day. That's just not healthy for you. Maybe have some fruits, have some veggies. That stuff is healthy for you. You know, you'll be able to work better. You'll be able to, uh, you know, if you're, if you're alive and well and healthy, then you can work and you can make the money you want to make versus like, you know, your frequency is going to be low. <laughs> You know, what do you mean? What does that even mean? That's insane. And so legit, I would not eat and drink certain things because I didn't want my frequency to You're, it's to, funny. to lower. Your dad, uh, I, I spent some time with him here and he was like complaining about when you used to uh, only eat vegetables. Yeah, when you were yeah. vegan, he's like, oh, I don't know what was wrong with her. Yeah. She, one day, all of a sudden, she just don't want to eat no more meat. And I'm like, mama, mama, what's wrong with you? Why you don't want to eat it? It was so difficult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My parents were definitely like, what is wrong? What has, what has happened to this girl? Um, but yeah, it really, it went from at first being a veg, just being a vegetarian to then trying the vegan thing. That was the, it was very tough. And it was mentally more than like physically, like not being able to like eat certain things. Mentally, it was heavy because thinking like, oh, I just, why can't I have a Coca-Cola or like, I would just want to have a Sprite or like, I don't know, you know, I'm just at the beach and just want to have a pina colada, you know, or something at that time they weren't virgin pina coladas, <laughs> but you know, like just wanting to like have these, these things and like mentally being so frustrated because if I were to have that Coca-Cola, then somebody on my team would quit. That's, that's manipulation in its highest frequency. Um, <laughs> What's interesting, right, is they they tell you to do these things, eat these foods that that mentally stress you out, 
right? But isn't the whole goal to not be mentally stressed out? Because if you're mentally stressed out, then, then you, you're giving off the wrong frequency. And you can't attract. Yeah, you can't attract what you want. So it's like, it's like, man, I, I'm thinking like this because I got to eat this food. If I just had this pina colada, my mind wouldn't be so crazy, you know, and, and my frequency in my mind would be right. But then my body frequency is going to be off. What the heck is going on? Well, ultimately, you had to get to a place where you didn't desire those things. That was the ultimate enlightenment, like where you don't even want those things. Okay, so we already talked about food. We talked about crystals. Um, there were sexual things that you were, if you were to do, you would reach a, a different level of enlightenment. Or like, even not just like reaching a different level of enlightenment, like that may not be the only, the only thing as to why they would, they would encourage you. It, um, it, there was no, you know, like force, nothing. It was just an encouragement of, you know, do these things or books or certain things that they would suggest. Um, and it wasn't so much about reaching enlightenment, but it was also about you're someone who's healed. You go do this and you're going to heal that person. Wow. So they, they would say that you having, since you're somebody who is on this path to enlightenment and you're, yeah. you're healing and you're on a good frequency, if you go have a sexual experience with somebody, you're doing them a favor. Yeah. And potentially even doing yourself a favor because maybe that person was a healer and they could give you something that you needed. Yeah. Or something that you don't. Yeah. <laughs> you know. No, 100%. But it was it was like that, you know. There's there's other aspects to it that, like personally, thankfully, I never experienced and didn't put myself in that position. Um, but, but there were some other things. But they suggested, like it was like they gave you this 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 like buffet of yeah. sexual choices. Like, hey, if you do this, this can happen. If you do this, if you do this, do this. And it's like, dang, well, if I got to do one of them, but yeah, you know, yeah, sexual positions that were supposed to open up your chakras and and things like that and well they, there's a book called the the kama sutra which yeah. is from uh it's rooted in hinduism and uh yeah it's specifically for that it's a whole bunch of different sexual positions and yeah. it's, it's part of the hindu religion yeah so i just want to say that even if let's say even if you weren't encouraged to do these things even though you were there was a part of like wanting to be accepted and like, yeah, I did this. And, uh, you know, like what, like kind of like, you know, tokens, getting some tokens for doing some of these things. Even if you weren't encouraged to do these things, because of what everybody else did and because of the books that you read, because of the environment that you were in, because it was so demonic, because that's what the enemy like wanted, wants you to like just give up your body and like not value yourself and think that these things are real. That was the direction that you were pushed in anyway. That was the direction that you that you engaged in. You did these things anyway because you're just confused. And a big part of the New Age movement, like low-key, high-key, you know, when we say that low-key, high-key, like it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of like low-key, but no, high-key, it's very sexual. Yeah. It's very sexual. And it... It's hyper yeah sexual and i had that experience as well just from uh my past life and dating mm -hmm. women who were really into the new age they yeah. were hyper sexual mm -hmm. 
women. And yeah. um, it's it's interesting too, because I, I, you know, I'm still friends with so many people who are in the new age and I look mm-hmm. at some things that they're doing and they are into some really depraved sexual yep. sexual things and they're into it for the sake of healing. Yeah. And I'm like... But if you think about it, it is like, yeah, they're doing it for the sake of healing. But it's also going back to what we said at the beginning. It's all about me, 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 me. As if you're doing this for healing. No, it's for your own pleasures. And yeah, maybe you do want some tokens again for you, for you to be more enlightened, for you to be, you know. But at the end of the day, it, it has more to do about, it has my brain. It has, it, it has more, it has more, uh, more to do. I don't know how to say this. <laughs> why, why can't this come out? I don't understand. You're, it's all about you at the end of the day. I don't know why I can't like finish that cause sentence. Because you, you had Coca-Cola. That's yeah. Why. yeah. Like, but my, my brain starts computing in Spanish and then in English. And then I forget how to formulate <laughs> the sentence properly. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it just has more to do uh, about you than, than anything else. So, all right. You were, how long were you in this? And would you say that the only reason that this that this stuff kind of found you was because of network marketing. Yeah, 100%. So network marketing for me is like a double-edged sword, mm-hmm. right? I think the business model is legit. Like yeah. prime example, our business right now. We pay $50 a year to have mm-hmm. a website that somebody can go on any time they want, go buy something, we yeah. get a commission. And if somebody goes on that website and they're like, you know what? I think I want to be an agent and I have my own website. They go on that website, they become an agent, they sell something, we get a little commission as well. Mm-hmm. The business model just makes sense. Yeah. But when you get into the 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 business building mindset mindset and you're in the mm-hmm. environment of trainings, and I love the trainings. They they definitely are are awesome. Mm-hmm. But you meet people who are down this rabbit hole of woo-woo. Mm-hmm. You also meet people, and this is what brought me to Christ was people who believe in God. Yeah. You know? So it's a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. But it's it's almost guaranteed you're going to come across the law of attraction. You're going to yeah. come across the secret. You're going to come across something new age in network marketing. Yeah. So you have to kind of be aware of this stuff. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian and, and you're getting into this environment, one, you can be a light to, to you know, this is this book right here. Uh, it's upsetting a lot of people in the network marketing industry. Mm-hmm. But we are to to be a light you know mm-hmm. um but you got to be aware of the environment that that you're getting in but when i got in i wasn't aware <laughs> i wasn't a believer before mm-hmm. i got in network marketing neither were you so it's easy to get caught up in that stuff because the goal is to be successful financially yeah and then you have these people come to you with these crystals come to you with these things and they're like hey this will all help you reach the top level of the company was that your experience as well? Yes. I'm going to answer that question. But when you were talking, it just reminded me to circle back to your first question about um, my journey and how like, how I kind of went into becoming an agnostic about being a cultural Catholic. The reason why you're also, some of us are so open to some of the new age stuff and some of like the witchcraft stuff, sorcery and things like that. And I'm not speaking for all Catholics, but it is ingrained in, to a certain extent in some of the cultural Catholics 
you know, in, in doing some things that are completely against the Bible, but are culturally acceptable within Catholics. Like what? Like lighting candles. Um, like specifically, I, idolatry for, for saints. Yeah, for saints, idolatry to certain saints, and um, even mixing in like some Santeria stuff. You know, um, I would say that that's that's definitely a lot more prevalent in the Latino yes. Catholic yeah culture. Um, because mm-hmm. that wasn't really my experience when I was you know really young. Yeah. Um, we did obviously light the candles under mm-hmm. the saints and, and stuff like that, which I, as a protestant i don't participate in um mm-hmm. but you know coming from santeria myself i did notice that it was more latino yeah in the yeah. latin community there's yeah. a lot of sorcery mm-hmm. associated with catholicism and it's really just santeria yeah and you just you, that's what i mean that's why growing up seeing those things being so you know just regular but also going to church on sunday but then seeing this stuff happening, maybe not specifically in my home, although maybe some things may have happened in my home, uh, but seeing it in other friends' homes and, you know, people that were also, you know, Catholics also partaking in some of these things. And then now you're getting introduced to the New Age later on down the line and these practices and all of this, uh, you know, witchcraft, all these things that we would do, sorcery, all the New Age stuff. You kind of start to put the pieces together and you you start to like look back and think, oh, that that was kind of like that. That was kind of like that. Oh, this person, they would go to church. Oh, so maybe the universe is God. And maybe like this stuff does is true. Like maybe what that person was doing back in the day was actually like that stuff really does work. And that could help me attain like you I remember what so and so was doing. Oh, wow. I guess I can do that. I guess that's not that bad. Their life turned out to be okay. You know, um, but yeah, I just thought about that when you started to to talk. So yeah, so I got introduced to the New Age and Jesus separately through network marketing. And so it initially, I got introduced to the New Age when I joined a network marketing company uh, back in 2018. That's when the whole New Age stuff started. That's when all the law of attraction things um, started to to come in that's when all the affirmations started to when I started to partake in all the affirmations that's when I started to entertain all of it and I would say it came through it came through you know the desire to have a successful business the desire to have money that's what it really stemmed from um that's why I did it too when yeah. when I was and it's interesting that you say that how you can look back and say oh this was what they were doing because I was still uh in Santeria mm-hmm. when I joined network marketing and I was doing Santeria for those of you who who have not seen my story I was doing it as this I didn't really believe in it wholeheartedly I just wanted it as a good luck charm to to, you know to make money and to um, be a famous rapper so Mm -hmm. it's funny how selfish we are Mm -hmm. you know because I when I got into network marketing I had a lot of success quickly you had a lot of success quickly Mm -hmm. and um you know, it was it was about all right. Next level, got to make more money, got to help more people, got to you know. It's it's just this this whole chasing yeah the the carrot at the end of the stick. And mm-hmm. you know, we've gotten some carrots along the way. It's not like you you get into it and and you never get the carrot. We we've seen people go from nothing to getting the carrot, right? right? Mm-hmm. So it's um it's just interesting though how you can uh 
you can kind of explain things away of like, oh yeah, well, I guess we could do this because we were doing this back here and maybe it does make sense and putting it all together. I even, when I became a Christian, I mixed new age with Christianity. I was still practicing the law of attraction and I, I was telling people that maybe Jesus was able to walk through walls was because he knew how to manipulate the um the the universe like this is what i was telling people yeah it's crazy so um <laughs> anyway what you laughing at me for all right that's very silly yeah i know well also you had crystals in your car all right <laughs> charging yeah charging anyway so let's talk about how because I, I can already hear the the lawnmowers and stuff starting over there. And the little the little guy back. Yeah, the there. little the little dog. So let's talk about how you went from being in the new age, like being really into the new age, mm-hmm. to moving in the direction of being a Christian. And then I remember you get you called me, and you're like, John, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Jesus is Lord. You know. So take us a a cliff note version through that. <laughs> it's a long story. I know. <laughs> um, yes. So I also, for a short amount of time, you know, because you started meeting people that were Christians in uh, in network marketing, you start to meet people that mix the two as well. And maybe not to that, to those extremes, right, where they would say things like that. Um, but you would see, you know, certain Christians listening to Bob Proctor and uh, affirming things and uh, giving credit to the universe and giving credit to God. And so, you know, I kind of started to, through the network marketing industry, meet more people that were believers. Even if they believed they had some sort of, uh, some sort of new age belief, some sort of law of attraction belief, I, they also believed in God. And maybe they went to church. Maybe that church was like a hill song or like an elevation or something like that. And so what happened to me was I started to get invited uh, to church. I got invited to Hillsong and I kept going to Hillsong after I got invited. And it was just a. Tell us about that experience you had at Hillsong where mm-hmm. you ca- you just passed out. Yeah, that was scary. So it was my first time. It was my first time at Hillsong. I, ha- I hadn't been at- in church in a few years. And uh, Carl Lentz was preaching and that church was so packed that there were there were like different rooms right there was the main room and then there was the there was another one and so he was preaching but i wasn't in the space that he was preaching and i was in in the other one spillover room yeah and you know i just remember it was just so crazy i just remember the music being really loud it was my first time going to church after many years i'd never been to a church like that like a like a pentecostal church you know, like where they were like singing and, you know, everybody had their hands up in the air and everybody was like, some people were on their knees and, you know, the pastor was just like going in. I had ne- I've only seen that like on TV. I had never actually in person ever experienced that. If you, because you're, you grew up also as a Catholic, you know what it's like going to a Catholic church. I wouldn't say I grew up Catholic. I went to. You went to, yeah, you went to. the Yeah. Cause there was no God conversations, you know. Yeah. In our, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You would go to, you would go to church. A Catholic church. It's a, it's a totally different experience. Yeah, you would just sit down. It was quiet. Sit down, stand up, kneel. Yeah. Sit down. And then the up. priest would just talk. He wasn't like, ah, ah, you know, going in. It was just like, yeah, you know, talking about the Bible. And then, you know, you had the choir. They would come. It was just very different. And I just remember going, going there 
and just being like, what have like, what am I doing? Like, this is crazy. And honestly, I just remember him like just preaching and the music go like super loud. And I just remember passing out. Like I, at that time, I attributed that to like spirits, you know, and I thought that it was like I was, I was growing in, you know, in my enlightenment and spirits had entered uh, my body, which is like possession. Yeah. You know, uh, had entered. Hopefully you didn't get possessed at church. I hope not. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like at that, at that time in like the new age world, that was like a, you've reached like, wow, you, that happened to you? Like, wow, you must be reaching a new level. I used to go to church because part of the reason was because I thought that it would help me, yeah. uh, you know, uh, get my frequencies right. Yeah. You know, probably went to church for very similar reasons, but, um, I would actually go, I would continuously go to Hillsong because I wanted some talking points and I would remove God out of the talking points, which is insane. So for those of you who don't know, Gio and I, we were both uh, trainers for the company and yeah. Gio would get sent all over the country. I did go outside of the country to speak though. Oh yeah, you did. You went to, um, where was it? Germany. I went to Germany. Yeah, Germany. So we... um. You know, so we were always looking for good things to say in our speeches. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little context. Yeah. So long story short with the whole Hillsong thing, I just fainted. And I don't know what it was. I honestly have no idea what it was, but it it was very scary. And so then after that happened, I really didn't want to go back. I was like, oh, no way. I don't, I don't like this. This is crazy. And then eventually things starting to started to get dark in my life. Uh, emotionally and I was seeking and seeking and seeking and none of the crystal the crystal stuff it's like I would never say that it wasn't working but it wasn't you know like the affirmations I would never say that they weren't working but they weren't and you know just so many things I just started to feel like this immense hole in my heart that just would not go away it spiritual heroin it, it would come back it would like it would leave this feeling and then it would come back. And so it was like this constant chase of, you know, needing more and more and more of the books, needing more and more of the crystals, needing more and more of the affirmations, needing more and more of like information, listening to more and more Sadhguru. And maybe if I listen to isn't it more and more and more and more, then maybe I would feel better about what I was experiencing and what I was feeling. But um, it just wouldn't go away. It would It would go away temporarily and then it would come back. And so then that's when I was like, maybe I should go back to church. And I started going to Hillsong in Boston. And I honestly don't even remember ever hearing the gospel. Um, but it felt good. The music felt good. Um, they, they, they did a good job at like getting you really emotional and getting you involved emotionally with their talks and, you know, them being motivational talks, which is what we were used to coming from the network marketing. We were into it. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just kind of like something that made me feel good um, in the moment. But again, I was still, still very empty and still trying to figure out why that was the case. Why was I doing all of these things and I was still feeling this way? But the worst part about it was that I couldn't talk to anybody about it. I couldn't tell anybody how I was really feeling because... 
and everything that I was preaching, everything that I was being taught, everything that I was telling people to do really didn't work. And I wasn't attracting anything. It actually, you know, me me believing in the law of attraction and preaching the law of attraction, I still wasn't attracting the money that I wanted. I still wasn't attracting the the happiness that I wanted. Like it wasn't working. And I could not for, I mean, I just could not tell people that that's what, what was going on. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy game sometimes, especially in the network marketing world, because you don't want, especially your team, to know mm-hmm. that you're going through something yeah. because you got to be the leader for the team. You got to help them push through their struggles and they can tell you all of their problems, but you can never express yours. And, um, you know, they had that saying, complain up, mm-hmm. you know, but that's a lie. Like they, nobody wants any complaints, period, right. right? And if you complain, you are speaking negative mm-hmm. into the universe, negativity into the universe. And if you do that, right. you will bring it right back right. because the word, the life and death is in the power of the tongue. They take that Bible verse and right. and twist it. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was also, you're just afraid to say it, period. It's not even just, oh, I'm afraid to talk to somebody because I got no one to talk to. It's even if you talk to them, they can't even give you advice because they're afraid to say something negative. And if they say something negative, they could ruin everything. They're like, oh, I got so far in this enlightenment. Now you want to have this conversation right. with me and ruin everything. Or even like, don't bring that upon me. Yeah. Because yeah. then you're going to bring this negativity my way and I don't want no part in that. It's so toxic. Like toxic positive, toxic positivity is yeah. truly a thing. Mm-hmm. It, especially when it comes to because I used to be like this. Don't tell me anything negative. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything negative. Don't don't talk to me about it. Don't, you know, just think positive. You'll get through it. Right. And I was a monster of a person, right. you know. I was just, I was a horrible person. Mm-hmm. But I had this positi- positivity. And, you know, it's interesting. Now that I'm more vocal about, like, world issues and, mm-hmm. and about the truth of Christianity and all this stuff, I have people that'll say things to me like, oh, you used to be such a positive, motivational person. It's like, yeah, because I was telling you BS. I I was telling you what you wanted to hear. None of it was true. Right. I was telling you that the whole universe is conspiring to your favor. It's not true. The universe doesn't know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm telling you the truth now. And now you're mad at me. Oh, you used to be such a positive and motivational person. It's like, yeah. Okay. But I just want to say something. Yeah. A lot of people that believe in like this repost things or like believe in the whole universe can, you know, bend to your will and like all this, you could talk to the universe. It's, it just goes back to what you're talking about when about abortion. They don't know. They don't know what they're saying. It's true. They don't know. And so, you know, like some of it is just so like to put an evil eye in your bio or to put an evil eye in your story. That's nothing. It doesn't mean anything to these people. They really don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I get so like, oh, like this is, why is this so prevalent? Like, why is this everybody posting about this stuff? And it's like, it's so culturally like, this is just the cool thing to do. To put an evil eye in your bio or like to put an evil eye next to your baby's picture. Like, please protect my, my baby, you know, lowercase g, God, and then evil eye. Like, you don't even know what that means yeah you know and so i guess i wanted to say that for people to have grace yeah you know if you are a christian and you know you see people on this path and you know maybe involved in some type of new age or maybe referring to the universe or you know doing some of these things that you know are like whoa way off 
because you know maybe they don't have grace. Uh, you know, don't get on attack mode, even though sometimes we want to be like, like somebody post a, um, like a picture or like a meme about the universe. You want to be like super petty comment. The universe doesn't know who you are, dot, dot, dot. You know, it's like you want to do those things, but you really have to have grace because people don't know. But friends, family, acquaintances, social media peeps, the universe does not know who you are. Know the truth. Lo siento. Shameless book plug. Know the truth. Yeah, know the truth. You will know that. Get this book. I'm telling you. Um. All right. So bring us, bring us, we're going to bring this in for a close. So bring us this to this journey of coming to Christ. Yeah. I don't even know what, what that is. You hear that? It sounds like, sounds like, like a pterodactyl <laughs> is outside. Sounds like someone's wheels. Yeah. Um. Or someone's wheels. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. Okay. So I eventually stopped going to Hillsong. And it was just like, I mean, it was, I don't know. It just wasn't something that I was called to like continue to do. You know, it wasn't, you know, it was, you know, Holy Spirit wasn't, I wasn't saved. So I just felt like I didn't feel inclined to continue to go to, to Hillsong, even though maybe once in a while I would go for the music and the motivation, but those were the only reasons why. To recruit people. Yeah, exactly. You would meet a lot of people that you could recruit into your organization. Um, <laughs> and so, long story short, I met this amazing man. Well, you already knew me. Well, yes, but... <laughs> okay, I already knew you, but I met... I guess I like met... It was like meeting for the first time. You know, it was like different. You know, Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Anyway, I started to go to Guatemala with you and not just me, guys. It was a bunch of us. Yeah, it wasn't just him. But actually, I had already started going to Guatemala before this whole in 2018. Yeah. So I had already started. But it was one trip in particular that business wasn't doing, wasn't going well. Things were really starting to take a turn in, in business. And those feelings of something was missing in my life was in increasing and um the feelings of just like you know not i don't know i don't know how to explain it it was just like this this emptiness this desire for like purpose this desire for something big and it wasn't money it wasn't friendships it wasn't even like the this kind of love it wasn't that it was something that like a, something that was calling me and I couldn't pinpoint it. I didn't know what it was. I was just like, I didn't know. I was just very, my mind was just, my heart, everything was just, things were different. And I went on that trip with you and things just started to change in me. And I can't describe those things, at, at least not at that time. I couldn't describe it. And so, you know, you, you and I started to really like each other and, you know, we started to fall in love with each other and we're not going to get into the, our whole like dating story and how we. It's an interesting story because we started our whole relationship via FaceTime because it was, uh, it was during COVID. Yeah. So uh, I just demonetized this whole video by saying that word. Um, <laughs> no, we demonetized it oh, at yeah, the beginning. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But yeah, our whole relationship was like. 90% of our relationship was this, was exactly. looking at a phone, yeah. getting to know each other, um, and you teaching me Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we're not going to get into that whole story. Uh, but long story short, John was the one, you, John, you, John, was the one who really started to talk to me about the truth and explain to me how the things that I was believing in a very graceful, in a very kind way, um, how the things that I believed were false and that I was putting my faith in, in, in nothing. And it was empty and that I, if I'm not mistaken, you were the first one who really preached the gospel to me. And, you know, obviously when I went to church and, you know, I got saved and I really went to like my first, like really sound church Bible service was at Brookfield first in Connecticut, Pastor Phil. Side note, guys, um, she was in Boston. I was in New York. My mom lives in Connecticut. Pastor Phil's Pastor Phil's church is in, in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes. So the pretty much the only time we saw each other is when we would meet halfway. Yeah. And and I would kidnap her to church. That was Yeah. It was all part of the plan. And so, you know, that you and I would have our conversations about what I believed in and I would want to like debate you and be like, "Oh no, let's just I knew that I wasn't going to win the debate. I just wanted to talk. Like deep down inside, I really wanted to like know what you knew and how what you knew may have been something that I was really missing. And I just wanted the truth. I just wanted to choose. And whether I was combative at that time or like I was just kind of like chill about it because sometimes I would be a little bit like, I want to combat you a bit and be like, no, but what about this? What about that? You know, um, I just still wanted to know the truth. I just was like seeking and like, so deep down inside just really wanted to know like what what is this you know am I believing in like is this really fake or like is what he's saying fake or is it real you know and so I really wanted to learn more and so long story short I, I'm going to continue to say long story short until I get to it's been a pretty long story a point um but you know, we just started talking, we started learning a little bit more. You started teaching me a little bit more about Jesus and about the Bible and about what it says about these new age practices. And I ended up going to church one day and we went together after, you know, all the things that you had taught me. I believe you had already got me a Bible at this point. Um, you had taught me a lot of things, debunked a lot of things. And I was already starting to move away from the new age. I was already starting to reject it and not entertain it and and really just like anything that was like new age ish just I kind of put it on like pause like just shut the door really quickly even though in my mind I thought maybe I would open it back up and I wasn't going to let this go even though I was going to do the whole Jesus and God thing and it was I, I wanted to be with you and I really enjoy the things that you were teaching me and what I was learning I kind of just like shut that door and thought in my mind that I was going to open it back up but that's not what happened um, that day at church was when I gave my life to the Lord. And I remember Pastor Phil saying, you know, if you want to give your life to Jesus and, um, you know, you're ready to um, put your faith in, in Jesus and, you know, be saved. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, we all had our eyes closed, but I believe I raised my hand that day. And um I just remember you you going your way to your mom's house and me going my way to Massachusetts and calling you along the way and being like, John, you know, like I've I've fallen in love with somebody else. And you know, my heart <laughs> sank. I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and I just remember being like. It's so it's so it's not crazy, but it's, you know, 
speaking, you know, in the in these terms, it's crazy how quickly your heart can change. But it's not crazy. You know, it's it's not crazy. It's real. It can really happen. But, you know, speaking in these terms, it's just like my heart was instantly like the Holy Spirit instantly revealed his love and Jesus just instantly. And I just felt this overwhelming sense of like, it was like just a hand like on my shoulder, like you're mine. You know, you're mine. I love you. And I want to have a relationship with you. And that's how it felt at that very moment. You know, I just started, I called you crying. I was like in tears, like sobbing. And, you know, I was like, John, I've, I've fallen in love with Jesus. Like, you're right. Everything you've been telling me has been right. Like, I want to have a relationship with the Lord. You know, I don't want to do this stuff anymore. Like, I'm I'm ready to burn these books. Like, I'm ready to burn them, ready to throw away my crystals. You know, and maybe I may be feeling fear about doing it, about like just, I thought I was going to be able to open that door back up. I may be feeling fear about the fact that I'm never going to open that door ever again. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to like, throw one of those what are they those those things that you at war when you throw a grenade yeah you throw a grenade and it just Do you know it in spanish no oh. <laughs> i i don't know i have to think about how to say that um but that that's kind of like what it was and it was like this a little bit of fear but overall it was this sense of relief it was this sense of like you don't gotta worry sis you good from now on moving forward you're mine, forever mine. You're saved. You know, you put your faith in me. You're coming to me. You know, I love you. I want to spend, uh, I want you to spend the rest of your life, you know, dedicating it to me and glorifying me. And, um, and we're going to be together. We're going to be together. The Holy Spirit's with you. But eventually, one day, we're going to be together in heaven. And for me, that was just, it was, it was just an overwhelming feeling of, love of wholeness like it was like there was this you know when you feel like this this hole in your heart and it just like closes and becomes whole and it was very beautiful very beautiful i could go on but i know it's supposed to be lost story short but <laughs> all right well thank you so much for uh taking the time to share with the audience your um journey to christ your journey out of the new age mm -hmm. and I just want to say we did pretty good. There was only a few dog barks. Mm -hmm. There was only a few trucks that drove by. Mm -hmm. I only forgot to turn the light on for like 90% of mm -hmm. this. But thank you so much for um, being so vulnerable and mm -hmm. opening up and sharing your story with everybody. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening to this on streaming services, uh, thank you. You can't see that we just turned on the light, but uh, we appreciate you being here. For everybody who's on uh, you know, the YouTube channel, make sure that you like, share, subscribe, all that good YouTube stuff, and just leave a comment below uh, about your thoughts of this conversation. So God bless. We'll see you on the next one.